Welcome and happy Friday. This is Travelog, the podcast of Condé Nast Traveler, and I'm here in the Condé Nast Podcast Studios with special guest Alex Delaney, who's from our sister, cousin, I don't know, publication Bon Appetit, all about the food. And I've also got Karina Quinn and Bridget Hallinan, who are both editors for Traveler. Say hello, everybody. Humanize yourself. Hello. 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 like random names. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to talk today about things you should never, ever, 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 ever do in a restaurant. So I want to start on an empathic note because I think we've probably all been on both sides of this equation. We have all Mm -hmm. been violated and we've probably all been violators. Yes. So so let me ask... So let me ask, first I'll let you vent. What is your pet peeve? Alex, you must spend a lot of time in restaurants giving yeah. your job. I have eaten at a couple <laughs> restaurants in my life. Yes. <laughs> what is the thing that drives you most nuts at other tables in restaurants? At other tables. Okay. Um, seeing someone who is clearly dismissive or talking mm-hmm. down to mm-hmm. the staff of a restaurant to me is just like the most repulsive it, it just gives me the kind of like the heebie-jeebies. Like, who are you as a human being? How do you feel you're better than the people that are gracious enough to serve you food in their restaurant? It's just, it's my least favorite thing to see. And do you feel like you see that a lot? Is um, that a common thing? It's more common than I would like it to be. Can you pin it down to like types of restaurants or maybe types of people? <laughs> oh, we can, <laughs> we can certainly just, pin it down to types of people. Take it a guess. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, restaurants, I feel like, there's not one type of restaurant that will be the, you know, epicenter for that kind of behavior. But there is, there are a couple different types of people that are the repeat offenders here. So it's the, it's the like young, usually dude who is either taking his wealthy parents out to like the dinner to kind of impress them and trying to be like oh yeah don't worry like uh you know i'm i'm at this status now i can i can own this (laughs) joint um you really do hate to see that uh and then there's also like the old 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 timers that are kind of like this is how i've careful (laughs) i mean yeah no the old timers no they're old times um that they're like oh no this is how it is this is how i am i will never change i will never you know kind of renegotiate my view of how I should be treating restaurant staff. Yeah. Yeah, but I think those are the those are the So kind the of two. a previous like it almost feels like a a misinterpretation of some old school definition of the relationship between the diner and the server. Oh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Like, it was never okay, but it's almost like there's this um what's the sort of differentiation like old riche versus nouveau riche mm-hmm. and like the old riche understood the dynamic, right? I am neither old riche nor nouveau riche, so I'm just guessing at all of this. But, you know, and then the nouveau riche have something to prove, right? Yeah. Like, and so they got to prove that they're the boss and they got to totally. show that they can throw people around. Totally. And it's it's almost like, like I always view going into a restaurant as I pose the question, hey, can I come over for dinner? And the people at the restaurant said yes. And that's how hey. I that's how I treat the interaction. It's like, okay, I am the guest and they're catering to me, but at the same time I'm in their house. Yeah. So like that's the mentality that I always keep in mind and I feel like it should be a universal mentality. I don't want to speak for every human being in the <laughs> right. world, but right. I feel like that should be the universal mentality. Yeah. Okay. Bridge, you got a pet peeve? Yeah, I mean, I definitely have to agree with that and there's a lot of subsets of that like I can't stand when people snap their fingers at oh, waitstaff. Oh, that is wow. abs- yeah, absolutely that makes my blood boil. Or like tipping poorly. Just th- there, there are so many terrible things that you can do. 
in the scheme of that. But also something that's just really boggles my mind is when people ask like is this good like, <laughs> like if, if you're if you're like oh yeah like is your chicken supreme good like is this pizza good like wh- what kind of answer do you expect right. out of that like n- no it's garbage like, you know don't oh ooh, not oh, that ooh, one don't yeah. do that i think not <laughs> go somewhere else you know what i mean yeah. i just yeah. i don't understand that and i see that a lot yeah do you really like people asking what seemed to be super naive questions like that they couldn't possibly get an honest answer about. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like the more appropriate thing to be like, well, what's your favorite thing on the menu? What do you like to yeah. order when yeah. you're here? Like, that that's going to get you a better result than, like, is this broccoli wrap good? Yeah, yeah totally. sure, totally, get it. And it's, it's actually pretty bizarre that people, <laughs> it, restaurants have existed for so long, and people's mentality when they walk into a restaurant is still, for some reason, this restaurant is trying to swindle me out of my money. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, that's not believe me. Yes, a restaurant is trying to make money and pay their staff and create a profit, but they're not trying to like take your wallet away from you and be like, "No, we're taking it all." I don't know. Have you been like, to Guy Fieri's restaurant? Right, well, <laughs> Guy exists in a class of his own. <laughs> Flavor town. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Karina. Mine's similar um, related to treatment of the staff. And I think something I've picked up on is that I think there are a lot of people who have some sort of like anxiety about going out to eat. They have this mentality of I work really hard and this is my money and I want to spend it the way I want to spend it. So you're servicing me like you need to provide me with a certain experience, which is troubling and complicated on one end. But I think with that, I see a lot of this treatment of like they want their server and they can't find their server, so they just grab someone nearby and bark an order at them. I'm like, that person can't even take that order. Wait a minute or ask if you can find your server somewhere. You know, I mean, there's ways to handle it and communicate it, but more often than not, I see the interactions more sort of like this weird, like, this thing is not there right when I wanted it, yeah. so I'm gonna bark for it. You know, like you see this anxiety jump out of there. And similarly, I've been, I've been dining with people where the food comes and they looked at the server and said, is that what we ordered? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> you should know what we order. <laughs> but, like again, it's like like they they're not trying to like switch out your plate with no, something no. else and surprise you with a food allergy. Like yeah, yeah it's it's a complicated um, dance that you see with yeah. the diners and the staff. Yeah, yeah, I used to be a hostess, and that would happen oh. to me all the time. Where people would come up to me like, "Can you can you settle my bill for me? Can you bring me out a tea or a water?" I'm just like, "I, I, I, I just sit you do. down." No, <laughs> I can't, I can't do, I do any of these things. Yeah, have you guys worked in? Food service, any of you? I, this is uh, I mean, embarrassing. I, mean, I haven't. You I haven't? haven't? No. Uh, okay. I have. That's funny. I know so many people who have. I The closest I ever got was working at a grocery store. That's not the same thing. Well, but people do have many questions in the produce aisle. They do. <laughs> yeah. They do. I would imagine. Are there occasions or where are the lines where, because not all service is excellent. Not every restaurant gets it right. Not every server gets it right. Where are the lines between and what are the ways in which if you feel like legitimately you're not really getting the attention that, you know, you should be getting or um, your food comes and it's not quite, you know, where you want it to be. It's cold or it's been sitting out or it's a little overdone or whatever. What are the lines around when you can show some of your you know unhappiness and what are the ways in which it's OK to do that? I mean, I think this is one of American diners' biggest problems is mm-hmm. that a middle ground does not exist for them. <laughs> it's either be the worst human being you can possibly be in terms of the service or be a mime about it. And to me, again, like I'm in someone else's house. They are feeding me. I'm going to make sure that I am comfortable. 
So what if you're in a table that's super loud or it's right next to the door or the bathroom and it keeps opening and banging, ask to change your seat. If your steak comes out and it's well done and you ordered it medium rare, tell your waiter. If you're making a complaint that's going to make your experience better and reflect better upon the restaurant, they will accommodate you. They're not, again, they're not trying to like give you a shitty experience. They don't want anyone to have a shitty experience in the restaurant. They want you to leave the restaurant and be like, yeah, that was fucking great. I'm going back. I'm telling my friends. Uh, yeah, so I think, I mean, I think so Americans... So be honest, don't lose your shit. Like, yeah, just yeah. Totally, totally. Well, and that goes back to the idea of, like, if you're approaching it from, like, oh, I made this order and, and something went wrong in the kitchen, fine, I'll let my server know, versus here's more evidence that they're screwing me yeah, over. Exactly. You know, it's yeah. that mentality. That is an interesting observation about the mentality. It feels like you're right about, that. like, what is Definitely. the chip that we have on our shoulders? Where does that come from? I, I don't know. Conjecture, but um, if you're used to dining out, if you grew up dining out and you had somebody... Whether it was in your family or friends or whatever, but you had someone like modeling the behavior of, like you said, the, the guest in someone else's house yeah. versus this was something that I was told was a privileged experience and now I'm doing it and therefore I have to like demand nothing but a certain level or a certain pre-existing idea that I have in my head of what it should be like. Yeah. There's also that social pressure that you were talking about where something about the experience, particularly if you have people you're trying to impress, yeah. whether it's a date or parents or coworkers or whatever, you know, you're showing status somehow and you get wrapped up in that and, and people, I feel like people feel like that becomes these do or die moments where they've either mm -hmm. proven themselves to whoever they're with or they've lost status by something bad happening and you feel responsible for people at the table around you. Um, so back to this question of hands. Yeah. Where is it okay? Is it ever okay to use your hands? Oh, yeah. oh yes. Yeah. Oh yes. It's, <laughs> this is going to be a terrible explanation, but it's kind of like, it's like the definition of pornography. You oh, don't dear. know oh, what, like there's no what is porn and what is not. It's just like, you know when it is and you know when it's art or whatever. Like, you know when it's okay to eat with your hands and you know when it's not. Or it's, it's, it's the okay. same thing as art. It's also codified in etiquette rule books <laughs> in case you have any questions. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That was probably an obscure reference. No, there was like was a legal like, court case that. Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. We all know the reference. Oh, God, they got the porn guy on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, when is it okay? I mean, I think it's okay when one, you don't feel uncomfortable doing it. If someone's like, hey, here's a sandwich, and then just leaves it in front of you, and you're like, it's kind of messy, like, who am I with, whatever. If you feel comfortable doing it, and you don't feel like you're making anyone else feel uncomfortable, Go for it. Like, I'm not saying pick up your steak with your hands and eat it if you're confident about it. But if it's a food that's a, you know. A <laughs> I witnessed that once. <laughs> Stop Wait, it. Really? Yes. Where? Where? Oh, it was a couple years ago. It was at a rest. It was just at a restaurant. I don't even really remember, but it just a dude picked it up and went. Like picked a, up a steak? Like oh. a prime rib or a ribeye? It was too far away for me to tell the oh, cut. I wish but I knew like, the cut. Yeah. In, in other words, not a burger. No. Wow. No, it, was, it was steak. That is some caveman shit right there. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. I don't know that that's okay. That's not okay. No, that's no. We that's are, definitely are we not. In I think we're in agreement. Don't against. pick up the steak. No. Advise against. Never okay. pick up the steak. Okay, so he was in the wrong. Yeah. He's probably also yelling at the servers, which would be some caveman shit. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there are definitely also like certain foods where I feel like it's always okay to eat it with your hands, yeah. like like a French Oysters. fry. You're, you're not going to eat a French fry with a fork and knife. No. That's some sort of monstrous process. Oh yeah, for sure. 
And there's also, but I can't think of any off the top of my, of my head, there's like certain countries and cultures where like mm-hmm. you do eat with your hands sure. and that's part of the tradition. Karina, you were just in India. I was. So what'd you pick up? Yeah, um, it's, it's fairly it, common. It's and common. also in Ethiopia, you know, when you're talking about like when you're eating things with injera or naan, it's very common just to like rip off a bit of the bread and like pick up your food that way. Tortillas. Same yep. kind of thing. Yeah, you see some cultural threads there. There yeah. are certain foods that it just makes more sense. And, and I think, too, taking cues from what you're eating, how everyone else around you is eating the food, if you ever have any questions. Yeah. Like we said oysters. I just, like, there are certain foods I just can't imagine you not using your hands to eat with. Hot dog. Hot dog. Hot dog, yeah. mm-hmm. Okay. There, but, yeah. Are, there are some borderline food. Like, okay. I, I just want to go out there and be, just yeah. go on the record by saying you can eat bacon with your hands. If you're at breakfast and sure. there's a slice of bacon on your plate, pick it up and eat it. Yeah. I agree. It would be almost cumbersome to like, it, it would break up a bit depending on how well it was cooked. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if it's like fried into a couple pieces and it's all stuck together, yeah. then what do you do? I will also say when I moved to Chicago and had my first deep dish pizza with friends, I picked up a fork and knife because it was very <laughs> casserole-esque yeah. and like was berated by all the Chicago living oh, residents really? they, at my table. They, they were like, pick, up, pick it up with your hands. Yeah. And I was like, it's really messy. But, yeah. And yeah. what happened? Did it make a mess? Well, no, because I kept eating with a fork and knife. Oh, oh I, I, mean, you I didn't reverse care. engineered it. Okay. Instead of using my hands, I wanted to use my utensils. I stuck with it yeah. to their embarrassment. But the, what, <laughs> I, about, what about this? Com- this comes up in John Stewart or somebody used to make fun of, uh, I guess it was President Trump or Donald Trump before he was the president. Where did he go? He went out to lunch during a campaign event and was eating like pizza in New York or New Jersey somewhere with a fork mm-hmm. and that was not that's not okay Aww. right people have strong opinions about it this is like I think this is a debate I mean if it's like too much then you just fold it in half I don't know that's the rule yeah there, I... so not only is it okay to use your hands but there are some contexts in which it's better, it's preferable to use your hands. Oh, definitely. I yeah. couldn't imagine, I mean, as like a born and bred Jersey girl, I cannot imagine taking a fork to a piece of pizza. But I don't know. Same. I, you can save yourself a napkin. I, it's well, deep more dish is a different story. It's That's a different like a story. big, serious commitment. Uh, but like a triangle slice, you know? I don't know. Apparently What about not, the Neapolitan pizza? The Neapolitan, I mean... Yeah, what are you doing in Italy? Uh, I feel like the general thing is to eat it with your hands. Okay. But I also don't know that anybody... I'm not sure I can imagine anybody giving you a whole bunch of shit for doing it otherwise. Mm, they're pretty no. chill over there. Yeah. yeah. There's also the, the... I know way too much about eating slices of pizza. Okay. Um, there's a technique that it, for Neapolitan pies. Uh, basically, you take the slice, you take the tip and fold it back towards the crust okay. and then fold oh. it in half the other way so it creates like a pocket and that mm-hmm. way none of the tomato-y, runny stuff oh, okay. falls okay. out. Yeah. So there's, the human beings have figured it out. Yeah, I little think. tricks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I've got a controversial one though, burger. Because I've seen some people like cut a burger in half and then like use a fork and knife or just like go for it even if it's enormous. So how do you guys feel about that? Burger? Yeah. I would say there's two things, and this is way too complicated, which is like everything <laughs> I ever say, uh, everywhere. Um, first of all, it depends on the height of the burger mm. with everything inside. If it's too tall for you to get it in your mouth, and so that's going to be different size of mouth, you know, your squeezing ability. Lots These of are, factors here. Yes, there are lots of It's complicated. Yeah. Um, 
then I think it's okay for you to cut it up somehow so that you can actually eat the thing. Okay. Otherwise, you're looking at a culinary disaster, right? Like this thing's going everywhere and not getting in your face. That's not okay. Yeah, like I was, okay, so going according to etiquette, think about your bread at the side of your plate. You're supposed to split it in half and then break it into smaller eatable pieces, right? And a I burger? Would, no, that, like I'm just, I'm applying the bread oh, theory backing okay. to backing okay. out, right? And, and that's how I would apply that in complicated foods, like an overstuffed burger. That you can break it down like, into small pieces. And more manageable sizes. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I was going to say is I think I, I am a proponent of the open face burger, like too oh. much bread. So get the top. I know that's very controversial. It's not, though, because lately it feels like some of the like uh, brioche buns, they're so thick and it's really hard. Like I can't finish one sometimes. So I would love to either be like a thinner one, like a potato roll or something. Or open-faced. Man, I thought I got complicated. <laughs> My favorite thing at Keen's is the Miss Keen's burger. Comes without Ooh. a bun. It's perfect. Comes without a bun? Yeah. Amazing. Well, so then do you pick it up? <laughs> no, but then I can use my can trusty use your, knife, your fork knife, fork. knife Pizza, burger. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm such a, a, admittedly, a snob with burgers. Okay. Because <laughs> I think it's like, all right, the simplest things are the hardest to execute, right? Like a perfect burger, in theory, is simple. Yeah. But in reality, there's so many like small things that can make a burger terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But to me, a good burger should Oh, you should never have to cut it in half. You should never have to share it with someone. It should always fit in your mouth. Like, if you're going to eat a good burger, it should 100% be with your hands. Preach. Okay. Okay. And you get to yell at them if it doesn't fit in your face? No? <laughs> no, I just, I do enough research to, to figure out if it will. <laughs> um, what about utensils? Like, how uptight do you guys get about, and, and how close to you hold restaurants accountable for, you know, all the little precise things, the Martha Stewartization of utensils and stuff like that. Does that stuff enter into it at all? Do you care about that? Oh, you're talking about like salad fork versus dinner fork and whatnot? I didn't even know they were called that, but yeah, I was going to think little fork, (laughs) big fork. Yeah, I feel like I don't really care. I just kind of go with it unless I'm like at somewhere feel really fancy and then I feel pressured and self-conscious and then I will use the right fork. (laughs) I mean... Full disclosure, I'm from south of the Mason-Dixon line. I was going to say, you have a different opinion on this. And you have to go to, like, finishing school of sorts, depending on where you're from, where they teach you these things. And (laughs) one thing I will always tell people is, like, these things aren't designed to intimidate you or make you feel left out. They're designed to make it easier for (laughs) No one does. No one does. Everyone's like, it's such snobbery. And I'm like, no, it's it's manners and it's showing, like, courtesy to the other people who have to watch you eat, which we can get to. Okay. so anyhow, yeah, I mean, depending on the the level of the dining experience, I think most restaurants where I eat have a pretty good idea of like what they have on their menu and and how people should, you know, how to make it easier for for their guests. So at more formal places, you should have the right cutlery to go with with the level of courses that you're having and and what what's on the plate. Um, Some places will change it out with every course. Mm. Do you ever? I mean, typically they clear it. Like you go from the outside in. And so with each course, it gets more manageable and you know. That does make sense. You can kind of, you can kind of guesstimate through it too if you really are. Okay. And you need to size the plate. Do you correct people if they get it wrong? (laughs) How far down that path do you go? Um, I I control the impulse because nobody wants to eat with that guy. And I like having friends, but I... I, sometimes we get into the debates because people often confuse the bread coffee thing, and I'm like, oh, 
Nope, I know that one really well. Oh, Wait, the, what's the, the bread? Coffee the bread on the left, bread coffee on the right. Drink, what? Bread drink. What? See? But what happens if, if you're, especially if you're at like a wedding or something, or you're at like a formal dining where you do have all of those plates and chargers and all of the utensils, like people get confused because there's not a lot of space. Yeah, that I had. So, what's on the left and what's on the right? Bread on the left, coffee on the right. <laughs> coffee, but what if you're not drinking coffee? Any then drink what, is on the right. Any drink. I think so, right? Um, no, well, water, water and wine, wine are, are up, uh, top right. Yeah. Yeah. And wine outside, water in. Water in, yeah. Because you want to get to the booze first. Yeah. Okay, that I can respect. <laughs> <laughs> now you got me. Like I said, it's designed to help your experience. <laughs> Alex, you, to some extent, judge restaurants for a living. How much does this kind of thing enter into it? Um, I mean, it, again, it's all about context. So it changes from restaurant to restaurant. Um, if I'm, you know, if basically the, the baseline rule is like, at the moment that I need the tool, is it there? Uh-huh, okay. And is it clean? So again, if I'm going into, say, we're talking about Estella in Soho, I know they have their shit together to a degree where everything is going to be exactly where it needs to be. If I just went to Kopitiam, which is a Malaysian spot uh, that just moved uh, over on East Broadway, and the food is amazing, but it's much more casual, and it's, you know, you grab a number at the counter, and you sit down, and they bring your food out, and it's ramshackle, but I don't care about the availability of, mm-hmm. of the cutlery when I'm there as much as I do at Estella. Yeah. So it's just it's holding places to different... Uh, expectations. Have you guys ever brought your own? This is like a growing thing, right? Like, if you brought, have you brought your own cutlery? No. Why would you? I think that's a thing not to do. Yeah, I would say certainly. (laughs) Don't don't do that. (laughs) Whip out your like knife roll and be like, yes, I will be using this one as a knife. Steak knife. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay, that's good. Uh, But one thing, one thing I will say though about cutlery is that. It's one of those very small things that people don't think about, but like the difference between a good and a bad fork yeah. can totally change. Your What's dinner. a good or a bad fork? What makes one good or bad? How how it feels in your hand? Is it balanced? Is it too big? Is it too small? Is the it size? The size? Yeah, and especially with corresponding to the plate. Yes. So if your like cutlery is so big, it's falling off your plate constantly. It drives me nuts. Yeah. yeah. Like someone didn't think through the dining experience, but that's on them. Yeah. Amen. Not the rules for us. Have you ever seen? <laughs> Have you guys ever seen anybody shame a restaurant or a server over mistakes of some kind? Yep. A family it, member made someone cry once. What? I don't, I don't want to call them out. Over cutlery? Not over cutlery, over pouring. They had, the server had made many mistakes, and then they poured wine in the water. Oh. Or water in the wine, one or the other. I was embarrassed, though, for the record. I you were embarrassed think, about the shaming? The, yeah, I was like, this isn't worth it. It's... I, people get really worked up and you're like, it's just food. Yeah. You're going out to dinner. You're there to enjoy what you're eating and the people you're eating it with. Beyond that, I mean, I don't really think there should be too much that you get too worked up about. Okay, so then let me ask a different question. Have you ever seen anybody shame or attempt to shame over ethical considerations? Like, Ooh. where's this meat from? Or why oh. is there a plastic straw in my drink? Do you know how terrible the plastic <laughs> problem is on this planet? It's the kind of thing where you're like, okay, I understand that you're coming from a good place. Right. Are you? Uh, maybe Are you're not. You? Maybe you're not even. <laughs> like, I would that's like your to opinion. Think. You don't like get to, to dictate think. what other businesses do. Yeah, like, I sorry. mean, that's true. <laughs> um, but it, it's also, it's, again, before you walk into a restaurant, you should at least in some idea have 
a picture of what you're getting yourself into. And yeah. like it can be the, the vaguest, most baseline thing, but you shouldn't walk into whatever coffee shop, you know, that's in 14 cities across the country and be like, okay, if they have a plastic cup, I'm going to scream at somebody. It's like, they're going to have plastic in there. It's going to happen. But also, logically, like, the people that are actually in the restaurant or in the store, for the most part, have no effect on, like, that overarching policy, yeah. especially if it's a chain. So, like, what's the point of, like, berating a waiter yeah. over, like, a plastic straw when they have no say and if the yeah. restaurant like, serves plastic straws? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, what do you expect to get out of that? It's almost selfish. It's like that yeah. person's yes. going to walk out of the place and be like, fuck yeah, I yeah. did it. I, I won the battle. <laughs> But Alex, that goes to my number one rule is I actually have a real problem with all the like menu changes and special requests. I just think that if and, yes. and I am someone who has like there are certain foods I have to avoid because I have reactions to them. Mm-hmm. That's on me. I should not be going to restaurants and asking them to customize a menu for me. Like if the menu mostly isn't something I can tolerate, then I can't eat there. Okay, but like how far down that path do you, like how absolute do you think you, you you need to be about that like is it okay to say can you please leave the cheese off the thing because like i have a lactose intolerance or whatever or i just don't like cheese is either of those okay i i really do not like i like down like, to the point of when people ask me how i like my meat cooked i say like i refer i defer to the chef mm-hmm. oh. i don't like i just don't i don't know i mean i i, I guess you'd have to ask some places the it's chef <laughs> <laughs> Just chef. Um, no, but I, I'm sure there's some level of requests you can make. I just like when people come in, they're like, and I can't have this, 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 or this, and you're responsible for being sure you don't serve that to me. That's I don't beyond know, the pale. Man. All right, so I'm gonna disagree with you about that. Okay. And I and I and I have that we can. There's another one that I want to ask you guys about. Um, but I feel like, and I, I'll give a very minor example of that that is true for me. Where I don't like beans. I just don't like them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not into it. They're gross. They're mealy. But they seem like a thing that went bad. But I like burritos minus the beans. So I will always order a burrito with the beans. If the beans show up in it, I can't eat it because it's terrible right. for me. Is that okay? That has to be okay. Like sure, I'm paying I mean, for the burrito. Right, but like <laughs> if we're going right? to a place where you can customize your burrito, then you just make sure it's not made with beans. But if you're eating at a restaurant and a burrito is one of the items on the menu, I think you should seek out something else to eat there that you would like first. I I agree with that. I totally don't agree. Okay. <laughs> what what uh I, I don't know where the line is. That is what I will admit. I don't know where the line is because I do think like if you take if you take something like a burrito and you say I don't want the beans. I would also like it if you would hold the salsa. I would also like it if you would hold the whatever the meat is. And then eventually, can you please hold the tortilla? Like, you're not <laughs> eating a burrito anymore. <laughs> so, like, that I get. But I do think I do think at some point, like, it's your dining experience, and you're paying for it. And to some extent, if you want to be able to modify it, you should be able to do that. I'll give you another. I'll ask you about another thing where this, where I've seen this go both ways. Okay, cocktails. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, there are different ways of making a martini, right? Sure. And I was in uh, a bar nearby here, and this was I can't remember who who actually made this order, but it was somebody who worked either at your joint or at our joint, and the bartender was like, "Oh, I think he wanted the drink shaken and not stirred or whatever." Maybe I've seen too many James Bond movies. <laughs> but anyway, the bartender was like, no, we stir our martinis here. And he was like, yes, but I want mine. 
to be shaken. <laughs> and I, it's my martini. Can I please have it shaken? That's how I like them. What do you guys think about that? I mean, I subscribe to the belief that every martini should be stirred. So I, <laughs> I fall in line with that. I mean, it, look. It's, You're outnumbered, Brad. Again, it's. it's uh uh-uh, no way, man. <laughs> Drinks are so personal, right? Drinks are like, so personal. That's like. But this is the thing. It goes back to the restaurant trying to deliver the best possible product that they can. And a shaken martini is not a martini. That's like it goes back to what you believe. No, no, not what you believe. What a martini actually is. And it like a martini shouldn't be diluted. So if I said to, to that you, point. So if he said, I would like some vodka and a little bit of vermouth and a lemon peel and please shake it with some ice and then pour it. Then it's okay. <laughs> or I, really oh. shouldn't say vodka, should say gin. Gin. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Then it's okay. I mean, I don't think the bartender would entertain that, but again, like it, it goes back to how serious is the bartender you're dealing with and what kind of place are you in? I see, I feel like I feel like that I, I look, I'll give you an an example of a place like the Kana in in London, right? Mm-hmm. Like known for martinis. Yeah. And that is their thing. It's a religion for them. It's a science for them, whatever. And they will make it according to your spec. They'll sort of work with you to make it according to your specification, right? And to me, that level of sophistication is at the end of the day, they're in the hospitality business. They know that product better than you probably do, unless you're a power drinker, which, you know, fair enough. (laughs) But, you know, to me, their approach is actually a better blend of we know a lot of things and you know you than this other joint, which was kind of a local hipster place. And they're just like, man, we don't like we're bartenders. We know what we're doing. This is our product and we don't customize it. You know, we're not going to make it the way you want to make it. And for my money, the, the Connaught is doing it the right way. And it's there's nothing unsophisticated about their approach to the drink. And it's not because they don't know what the drink is. It's because they're hospitality. And that's what they're, they're, they're sort of in the business of making you happy which is why you're there and paying 20 pounds per <laughs> martini. Was it worth it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> but it was also like, and I'll also say there's another another time that I've been at that, with a different bartender at that same bar that I was talking about. And one of the best drinking experiences that I've had at a bar was the bartender was like, look, I'm going to make you a drink. Tell me things that you like. Right? I and love so, when that do happens. Do you like citrus? Do yeah. you like this? Do you like this? Do, you know, asked me, gave me a bunch of options, like multiple choice, and then went off and made something and brought it back. And it was amazing. And that dynamic between a customer who's not an unsophisticated drinker, um, <laughs> not an infrequent drinker, and <laughs> somebody who drinker. really knows. Yeah, an experienced drinker. Thank you. <laughs> and somebody who knows the whole sort of science of the thing a little bit better that was much better than if she'd sort of been like, these are the things that we have, pick one. And there's like something on there that you're sort of like, well, I like 75% of that. But if you took that thing out, if you took that thing out, it would be great. If you put that thing in, it sucks for me. To me, my argument would be take the damn 25% thing out and everybody's happy. Except, you know, I guess the bartender. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Did I convince you? No, because I still go back <laughs> to the fact that you have choices, right? So go try it out. If if their philosophy doesn't work for you, you don't have to go back. Oh, but I still have to drink the drink that I paid 20 whatever. I don't for. see you not drinking the drink. I got to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. 
Okay, what about uh, what about street food? What are the rules? Are there? How do you fuck that up? I don't think you can. Yeah. I think the only way you could fuck it up is if you took the street food like into a building and ate it. I think you're signing up <laughs> to eat it restaurant. on the street. Like yeah. that's what you're doing. People who get precious about it, like, a don't worry about it. <laughs> Just yeah, like a bench in the park. All right, cool. But what about what about is it okay? Uh, I'm just running through random things now. Mm. Is it okay to ask for a fork in a place where chopsticks are the norm? Mm. I think yes, it is okay, but also learn how to use chopsticks. It's it's 2018. It's not like we are eating just as much food that should be, at least in New York, that should be eaten with chopsticks as we are food that should be eaten with a fork. It's awkward lefty here um uh, i only i only learned how to use chopsticks on my june trip to india because wow thankfully we were at dinner and a man like one of the my dining companions is from india and expert chopstick user and he was like i can help you he could just like he corrected my form and that's it was, awesome it was a huge breakthrough but are they nobody, harder to use left-handed than i just it blamed like it on being left-handed because <laughs> i just think that people don't know how to like explain things to lefties but it could just be that i am an idiot um but something clicked, and now I can use chopsticks really well. I'm very proud of this. But some people are slower learners on that front. Okay. Yeah. And I think all- I would say tread carefully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also the fact that, like, as Americans, we don't think about how how the utensil impacts what we're eating. Mm-hmm. And, like, I will never eat katsu with a fork because I just think it's so much easier to take up a fried piece of pork dip it in the beautiful sauce that it's served with and scoop up a little bit of rice and eat it that way. Like it's for me, a chopstick actually facilitates that eating experience, Mm -hmm. but I don't same thing with sushi, right? Like, yeah, for sure. You wouldn't ever want to, I mean, I guess you could theoretically, but you wouldn't really want to eat that with your fingers. Um, no, no, a lot of omakasa, the pieces are, you pick up with your fingers. Yeah. Sorry. Not a fork. Yeah. 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 Fingers are sure a fork. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I forgot the dichotomy. Yeah, what I mean, there are things where using a utensil like a fork or a knife is is gonna kind of be counterproductive to the experience that you're looking for. For sure, like pizza is a, an example of that, th- at least for some people. In certain cases, <laughs> in certain though. cases, Only not you, cases. not you. Okay, I got it. What about things like coffee, coffee etiquette? What are the mistakes people make around coffee in restaurants or bars? I don't think there's a lot of etiquette that falls on us as coffee drinkers. Mm. I think there's a lot more that falls on the people serving the coffee. Really? Yeah. Um, okay. All right. My This is my ultimate pet peeve with restaurants is when you go to an amazing restaurant and they serve you shit coffee. Like people don't think about coffee in the same way that they would, you know, their Amaro list or like where the pork that they're eating is coming from. But... There's so many restaurants in New York that are serving the best food, absolutely amazing. And then they just like hand you this cup of like industrial roasted coffee and it's like, what is <laughs> That's this? where you chose to skimp. That's yeah. where you chose, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I think a lot more of that falls on the people serving coffee. I think, again, like don't be a dick when you order your coffee, but it's, it's like if I order a Cortado, like I want it to be three to three and a half ounces of liquid total and I want it to be 50-50 espresso and milk and I don't want the milk to be too steamed and it's just like you expect the person serving you the coffee to know at least as much as you do about the coffee. How much do you hold mm-hmm. the 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 customer, the diner, accountable for things like 
uh, etiquette around coffee. Are you, are you do you shame somebody if they order a cappuccino after breakfast? No, I would not shame someone, but I would just be like, Would you be okay? Okay, now we're back. <laughs> I, like, I know we're going to get to the whole Italy thing because I have stories. No. Yeah. Well, okay, yes, we are. But <laughs> would you be okay if the server told you, no, you can't have a cappuccino? Even though they have the machine, they've got the milk, but it's, it's afternoon, like you can't have a cappuccino. They told you you can't have a cappuccino. Oh, I, I would be like, excuse me, sir, please. Yeah. My cappuccino. Now, how's that different from my cocktail? <laughs> because because you are not altering what they are serving you. But you're altering the rules around what they're serving you. Like yeah, that's true. a shaken martini versus a stirred martini. Like, I'd be okay with the coffee rule. Although one of my Italian friends says that it's not after like it's not that there's a rule that you can't have it after a certain hour. It's more like not to end a meal with it because of the milk. And digestion. It's like that all about sense. the yeah. Italians who live in my house okay. <laughs> different. say no. after about like eleven in the morning, like okay. basically it's a breakfast drink. Okay. You know, Italians living in other people's houses may have different <laughs> views on that. Um I think that's that's one of that's one of the themes that runs through all of this though, is that you have to have a different expectation when you go into a restaurant than you do at home. Mm-hmm. Like I like down in the test kitchen, I make espresso with a little bit of ice and milk at 2 p.m. like every day. No, that's okay because that's a macchiato. It is. But at the same time, people are steaming milk for cortados or a cappuccino or whatever. That's because we're in our space. When you go into someone else's space, you have to alter your expectation a little bit. So I'm going to retract my statement. If they said if they said no, I would be like, okay, so what can I have? Uh-huh. And okay. then I would choose the best option. Okay. Bridget, what's, what are the rules around tea? Well, I've got a, something very specific in terms of high tea. And I feel like sometimes, like, if you go and order it, and, you know, it's obviously in a very nice setting, and people do a lot of clinking. Like, this is a very <laughs> specific pet peeve, but, like, it should be nice and quiet. You shouldn't be, like, clanging your spoon on the teacup and, like, disrupting the space. Just, like, let everyone enjoy their scones and clotted cream. That's a good with, one. like, a gentle stir. I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah. I'm trying to think of any other tea etiquettes. I don't know, like loud slurping. Just... It's not okay. Yeah. There are some contexts in which slurping is oh, okay. Oh, def- definitely. Yeah. But in terms of like high tea, yeah. like, no loud slurping. Okay. That... What about coffee? The one the one coffee noise that, an- that annoys me is when someone has finished their very large plastic cup of iced coffee mm. and they feel like there are three more drops oh. left in it and they shake <laughs> the cup of ice around repeatedly like trying to get all the moisture to fall off of it. it's like okay. come on just yeah. you're, you're finished so what? noise noise noises yeah. are yeah. noises yeah. are no, no. something to be conscious of when you're trying to get like the last dreg of the frappuccino from a Starbucks <laughs> and there's <laughs> clearly nothing left and someone's like yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I do think a lot of rules about dining out do come down to putting yourself in the shoes of the people around you. Mm-hmm. The people have to hear you, see you, observe you, yes. you know, be in your vicinity. Like if you kind of can put yourself in, in their shoes and think about what might make a more pleasant experience. So how do you guys feel about dress codes in restaurants? Fine with it. No, oh, it's good. Knew. Yes, we, we knew. Yeah. <laughs> you're, the, you're the fascist on the panel. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the rules exist to make it a nice experience for all. Yeah. But Think like about look, the greater shoes, good. Look, if I'm wearing these shoes versus wearing, you know, nicer shoes. They're nice shoes. Mm-hmm. It all depends on the context but, of the restaurant. Right. I mean, all, 
all clothes should always be worn, like, and always shoes. No shirts, no <laughs> shoes, no yeah. service. Yeah, like, you, you always got to have shoes on. But, like, I don't know. If you're at a beach bar, like, sure, if you're in flip-flops and shorts and a T-shirt, like, that's not the worst. But, like, if you're at a nice restaurant, like, you should put on, like, some nice slacks or, like, a good blouse or a dress shirt or something. You have choices. Yeah. There, there's a ton if of you choices wanna, you If can you want have. the experience and it comes with a dress code. Yeah. I mean, I think there is the... Because it all goes back to what is nice in terms of the restaurant and what is nice in terms of clothing. And different people interpret that in different ways. Yeah. And, it, you know, if I go to the cool kid restaurant in Williamsburg, whatever restaurant, it's like there are going to be yes, people. Yes, whatever restaurant whatever in restaurant Williamsburg. Williamsburg that you I was going to be like, don't worry, there isn't one. Um. <laughs> um, it, so you would show up to the restaurant and there would be someone wearing cool tailored trousers and a dress shirt and a whatever blazer and someone wearing, you know, the Rocha t-shirt and oh, the like Supreme shorts and like technically in their minds, they're both dressed exactly as well as the other person. Mm, right. But yeah, it's up to the other people judging them to really figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, or the re- or the restaurant, I suppose. Or the restaurant, or, yeah. 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 The restaurant yeah. could figure it out. Yeah. I don't envy the staffers who have to police that. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Do you feel like that's kind of like? Does it distress you guys that that even in in nicer places, and I don't mean like Le Bernardin, but like you know, kind of the the this sort of like disappearance of the white tablecloth, even in fine dining, fine cuisine wise, does that distress you guys at all? You uptight about that? No, because I don't think it's going away entirely. If that's a thing that you enjoy, it's always going to be available. And I think for a lot of people, like dining out has become a lot more accessible in recent years. Yeah. And I think they appreciate that and having more welcoming spaces or more varied spaces. Yeah. And I, I'll just say this. I, I have never felt comforted by a white tablecloth. It is not, a white tablecloth has never done anything for me personally, uh-huh. and I don't. And I think it it almost pushes the diner further away from the food that they're about to eat. They're like, "Oh shit, I can't get anything on this tablecloth. I can't look like the messy one. I, you know, need to. My posture needs to be perfect. My, mm-hmm. I need to impress my waiter for some reason. It just, it seems like it pushes the the diner further away from the food that they're eating. Do you feel like it opens the door for more boorish behavior? Because now you're sort of taking the trappings of formality off. I, protocol. I haven't seen it. No? I haven't seen a correlation. I, in fact, I think it kind of forces people to be on their best behavior. They're like, you put me in the uncomfortable suit jacket. Mm-hmm. I got it. Like, sit no, up straight. No, that's what I mean. Like, the disappearance of those formalities. Oh, is that more opening the door to, to more of the behavior we were talking about at the beginning? Mm-hmm. It could. I'm, I mean, possibly. But again, I think the white table... If you think about why the white tablecloth existed in the first place, it was to justify a restaurant's reputation. So it was it was never for the diner. It was never it never, you know, evoked any well, maybe it did some kind of behavior from the diner, but at the base of it, it's about the restaurant, not about the diner. And I don't think taking that away necessarily changes it's like, okay, run wild, go. There's no tablecloth. <laughs> <laughs> Yell at everyone now. Um I, I don't think that it has it has any direct, you know, impact on on how people behave in a restaurant. And it does feel more relaxing. Like you can, there's a lot of restaurants you can go to that serve like really high quality, like high level food. But you can definitely get away with wearing nice jeans and a shirt and good shoes, and it's still an elevated atmosphere. But you don't feel like you have to 
kill yourself with the posture, like appearing super proper. I, I mean, I think it's nice in some ways. What about around wine? What are the bad behaviors that you guys have seen around mm-hmm. wine? I think it comes, again, from that that idea of anxiety. There are a lot of people out there who, if they feel that they they can't, you know, they can't get through the wine list or they don't know how to choose a pairing and they feel weird asking for the beverage director or the psalm, you know, like a lot of stuff comes from, like, a lot of people think stuff is corked when it's not. They just aren't familiar with, like, the funkiness of the wine, you know, and so I... I, I, Have you ever seen somebody send... Mm-hmm. A wine back. But it's typically people who also are psalms, and so I feel like they can get away with it because sure. they can speak the code and they know. Mm-hmm. Well, um, there are reasons to do that. It's right. just not what most people think they are. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I was with a friend recently, and um, we we were at a bar, and it was a restaurant, but we were sitting at the bar. She ordered a, a glass, just you know, by the glass, and when they poured it, she tasted it and was like, <laughs> "Sorry, but how has this bottle been open for a while?" And the bartender was like, why? And she said, I, something, it, it's turned, it's turned. And she offered a sip to him, and he tasted it and replaced it. So it wasn't rude. It wasn't boorish behavior. I mean, she was perfectly justified. So, yeah. Alex, what do you see? You see people doing silly stuff with wine? Yes, and it also it, it goes back to people not being educated enough, exactly what you were saying. When you know what you're talking about and you make a complaint and the restaurant realizes it's valid, Totally in the clear. Yeah. If you're just like, hey, maybe I don't love this, so I'm going to blame it on the right. restaurant. Uh, yeah. yeah. Don't so do that. what are the good reasons to send a wine back and what are the bad reasons to send a wine back? If something is noticeably vile about yeah. the wine, send it back. If it's ruining your night, send it back. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, if you asked the SOM or the beverage director, hey, can you recommend something to me? This is what I want. And they delivered you something that was not what you wanted. You can be like, hey, this is not what I wanted, so I'd like another option or whatever. But if you're just blindly picking something off the menu and you're like, I know what I know and I'm going to order this wine and it's bad, that's on you. Right. You can't. It's you not can't. what you were looking for. Yeah. But it's what you, you wanted. You wanted medium bodied, yeah. you wanted peppery, and instead you got floral. Yeah. That's not okay. Yeah. That's not what you're supposed to be looking for when you send it back. But like, and that also goes to typically you're offered a taste first. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you're allowed to say like, no, that's not quite right. Yep. Um, wherever possible. And I think if you, it, it, a lot of it has to do with the way you deliver it. I've, I've sent things back before, but I've been like, I'm not trying to cause problems. I'll pay for it. I just want something else to drink because I can't drink this. And yeah. Okay. One of yeah. one of my favorite <laughs> things to observe in restaurants is something that I am certainly like I've be, I've been doing a lot recently is bringing your own wine to a restaurant that isn't advertised as a BYO. Yeah. Oh. And I know how that looks <laughs> from the outside. <laughs> um, but it, it's, the, it's the kind of thing that's like if you go to, the, say, an old school red sauce Italian joint and you know you love the food there and the chicken parm is going to be amazing and, you know, the penne vodka is going to be amazing. And just like food that is perfectly done, but their wine list is like this terrible industrial shit. And you're like, it's not what I want to drink. It's not going to make my meal better. Most of the time, if you bring a, a bottle of wine that you lo- like, I want to bring a, a you know a natural Sangiovese or something that I know is going to be perfect with this food. They'll still open that bottle of wine for you. They'll charge you twenty bucks. But yeah, if you, they'll charge if you, you bring a nice if you bring a nice bottle of twenty dollar wine and they charge you twenty bucks, that's still way cheaper than whatever they were going to charge you for a bottle of wine. Right. 
I think more people should do that and hold restaurants accountable to the quality of the wine that they're serving. Yeah. But again, is that generally understood as an okay thing to do to bring your own bottle? Like, what's the default? I mean, in, for restaurants, I think if a restaurant clearly puts care into their wine program, I would never bring a bottle of wine unless it's like some cult thing you've been storing yes, in your cellar sure. like how many of us have that scenario going on? yeah right um if it's a place that again isn't going to care and they're just gonna be like yeah sure we'll charge you 20 bucks whatever by all means go for it right right so you have to do a little bit of you have to know a little bit about the place you're going and, and judge based on that sure and like that seems <laughs> again the common That's theme here is that you're saying people need to know a little bit more do a little more research. I did get a good tip from Assam once about, um, he says, typically if there's a bottle of wine that's available by the glass, he doesn't recommend getting it by the bottle because the markups by the glass tend to be, mm-hmm. the wines are fine. I mean, they're selling them, but that's not really, if, if you're going to like actually go in to buy a bottle, look for something similar at a similar price range on the bigger list that's not available by the glass. And he said it'll probably be an excellent value. Hmm. Yeah. There you go. Good okay. to know. Mm-hmm. On the subject of customer behavior yeah yeah we talked about treatment of the staff Mm -hmm. but like people at the table people you know leaving aside their interactions what are the things that people do that are just kind of annoying and dumb and 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 disrespectful of other diners Uh, i mean well we haven't addressed the social media uh, oh yeah let's address the social media (laughs) elephant Uh, elephant (laughs) in the room let's address the millennial pink social media elephant in the room (laughs) Okay, this is, to me, this is the steadfast rule. If you're taking a picture and your flash goes off, oh, yeah. bad move. If you're asking a another patron, someone at your table, or a waiter to physically move their location so you can take a photograph, <laughs> bad move. Not Don't okay. take it. No. Okay. And then basically the bottom line is that if you're inconveniencing any other person in the restaurant in order to take a picture of your food, you're being a dick. You it's not It's not justified. Yeah. Snap a pic, but don't make everyone wait to yeah, eat. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What about moving things on the table to get your, you know, shot composed? Depends who you're with. I know. Yeah. 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 You can also ask your friends to take the picture oh, for, for sure. you if they have a better angle. Yeah. But we're okay. Nobody, nobody here is upset with the taking of the pictures. Uh, I'm like fundamentally I'm a constant no. violator. Yeah. So yeah. But like, don't make it like an event. Don't drag it yeah. out for like five or ten minutes. Just like get your quick snap in and then eat the yeah. food. That's what you're there for. And do you guys see? Is this become a thing that you expect from other diners around you? It depends on the setting. I guess if it's like a super popular Instagram fodder kind of restaurant, I mean, yeah, I'm going to expect a lot of people around me to be taking pictures. But if it's like some like hidden hole in the wall place, I mean, maybe not. It depends. Does it bother you when restaurants have clearly set up aspects of the experience with the intent that it be Instagrammed? Their food better match the display. (laughs) I can't say I've noticed it much lately, but Uh, I'm not getting out enough, I'm sure. It's a... Yeah, I I am personally, that just gets under my skin. Because yeah. it's like, I understand that Instagram is a valuable marketing tool for restaurants. Yeah. But at the same time, if marketing is bringing down the quality of your food and the quality of my experience, it's not, that's, it's not working. That's yeah. not good marketing for a restaurant. Right. So I think a lot of restaurants are kind of 
misinterpreting how they should be going about this. You should want to take a picture of your food because it's insanely good, right? Not because it looks amazing. But do you feel I? I I'll, okay, I'll say I feel like both in cocktails and in food, you do get people making decisions mm-hmm. because they know it's going to look good when they film it. Oh, for oh, sure. Yeah. And they're mm-hmm. not always successful de- decisions with respect to like the, the 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 dish itself or the drink itself. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can. <laughs> this is a. I I don't have any proof about this, but. <laughs> In my mind, there is a direct correlation between the rise and the kind of popularity of tiki bars now uh-huh. and the willingness of people to or the want of people to take photos of their drinks. Because like, let's be honest, those drinks are not good. They're not good. <laughs> they're no. just not fucking they're good. So they're watered down. <laughs> they're watered down. They're like as watered down as they are sweet. And yes. they, that shouldn't be able to happen, but somehow it does. Yeah. 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 So bad. Okay. So now let me let me finish with the opposite side of where we started. Mm-hmm. So we started with your pet peeves. Mm-hmm. What, what irritates you about other people? What is the most embarrassing or dumbest thing that you've ever done? Oh no! In a restaurant oh. that you were moment of shame. Like, what I if you just, like, faceplant? Because I'm right. <laughs> like, so I many think that's times. fine. So many times. <laughs> faceplant? Like, tri- you know, like, tripped over some ambiguous half-stare or something. Oh, I've done yeah. that way too many times. That happens a lot. Nothing? Uh, yeah, all I can think you of. You never? No, I mean, yes, I do. But now all I can think of is there's a wine bar in the village that only has one bathroom, and it's a sliding door, and it opens to the entire wine bar. <laughs> and I used it and didn't realize the latch was broken, and another person came and opened oh, the door. No. <laughs> and I have never been back. <laughs> never Did you been leave back. immediately? Almost. I mean, I came out to my friends, and I was like, um, I don't know if you just saw that. <laughs> Everyone else did. Um, we have to go. <laughs> Wrap it up. <laughs> Get Making the, the check, check sign. <laughs> right. I'll throw down all my cash. Can yeah. we please leave now? Yeah. Alex, what the, is your most, what is the thing you are most ashamed of? So I, okay, I, maybe a, a year or two ago, I decided that I really wanted to get into Amaro and figure out what Amaro was all about and like really just kind of be able to talk about it. And that meant going to restaurants and ordering it and going to bars and ordering it. And I was at dinner with, um, at this time, a date. And and I was like, oh, I, w- I want to order a glass of Amaro at the end of the meal. It's going to seem cool and, like, I like Amaro and whatever. So I ordered two glasses of this this, this Italian Amaro called Cardamaro. And, oh, I, yes, yeah. I know this one. And It's made from cardoons. So I tell the girl that I'm on the date with, yeah, it's a cardamom amaro, so like, and I, uh, I and I did not know anything about it at the time, and she got up to go to the bathroom, and the waiter comes up to me, he's like, that's not right, and, and, I, and I was like, oh shit, like I just assume I'm an idiot, and like, it was, a, it was, I was just like, she got back in the bathroom, and I just had like this look on my face, and I was just like, oh, so yeah, remember what I said about the amaro, not right, she's like, how do you know that now, and I was like, See that guy over there? <laughs> he told me. <laughs> and oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. At least you owned up to it. Yeah, oh, really? T- yeah. I mean, at that point, I had to. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> to do with cardamom. No. <laughs> and that was the moment where I realized I will never talk about any alcohol without knowing everything there is to know about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fair. Yeah. All right. 
I will confess that though I grew up in Maine, I didn't eat lobster for a very long time. And the there was one we took a school trip when I went to go look at you know colleges and so forth. And one of the places that we went to, we went to a lobster restaurant afterwards. It was the first time I'd ever eaten lobster, and I sent the lobster. I you know there's the claws and you like crack the claws. I sent the lobster flying across the <laughs> table and onto the floor and like completely made a disastrous mess of the entire table because I had no idea how to use the 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 the, the little nutcrackers that you use to crack the claws. So that is my most embarrassing moment uh, at a restaurant. Um, not exactly a breach of etiquette, but yeah. certainly Wait, a breach of some kind. I know. How did they react? It was like a kind of semi-formal place. So they were super pro, like, you know, and it, like we were not, that was not like the super formal restaurant was definitely not where we ate all the time growing up. So I had the double embarrassment of feeling like I had some, done something terribly wrong within the scope of being a main person. And also within the context of like a sort of formal restaurant where like I had to wear a jacket. Yeah. And they were super pro about it, but I was mortified. Like I just like so many uncomfortable things layered on top of uncom- <laughs> other uncomfortable things. Let alone that like I didn't even know if I was going to like this thing or not. Um and it, they brought it out and it, like I can remember this it was sub- I was sort of traumatized when they brought it out because I'd never had it before like that. I mean, sort of knew the thing. And it was like, the, you know how they bring it out, like the whole damn lobster. Yeah. And it was like sitting there on the plate, like looking at me. <laughs> and I was freaked. And I sort of, so I sort of had like the shock of encountering the lobster, then the shock of trying to rip the lobster apart, the shock of that not going <laughs> well at all and resulting in some redecoration of the restaurant. And then the, sh- the, the sort of embarrassment of like trying to sneak out of that place without, you know, getting acknowledged by the staff <laughs> who clearly, you know, knew everything that was happening. Not good. I've actually remembered a really bad one when I was like six though, so disclaimer, like very young. So we were on a family trip to Costa Rica and uh, I didn't really eat, like I used to be really picky so I didn't really eat a lot of like fruits and vegetables at the time and my mom was probably concerned about me getting scurvy or something so like my last two days she ordered me this smoothie I think in the morning and it was just like really really chunky or something like for some reason like I just was not I was trying to drink it but I just like like felt really sick and I got sick in the restaurant in the restaurant oh right there right there okay I think every parent I know has had a story like that though with a child you're not alone I mean, I, I was mortified. Even as a six-year-old, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> the decorum. How did your parents handle it? I, my, I, my mom still makes fun of me to this day about it. <laughs> they laughing at you? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, she was also embarrassed at the time. She was, like, helping clean it up, and so was I. But I was just like, oh, oh my God. So there we go. Okay, so yeah. never throw up. Wow. <laughs> if you can help yeah, it. Underst- you help. <laughs> understand, <laughs> on yourself. Understand your utensils. Uh, don't don't assume that it's made with a spice from <laughs> Southeast Asia. Check the latch on the bathroom door. Always a key. <laughs> and be and be be nice and respectful and do your homework. Those are the takeaways. Yeah. yeah. Always be nice. Always be nice. Yeah. Jane and Mallory, always be nice. <laughs> I have one reaction that I think is a good is a good thing too, to your story. The fact that you did that in a restaurant and they were like, "Bam, bam, clean it up, gonna make you feel better." Like, that's what a restaurant's about. Mm-hmm. Right. Going to someone's house, they're taking care of you. 
but it's a it's like a, a mutual respect yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Level of professionalism. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thanks, you guys. Um, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. We are on iTunes. We are on SoundCloud. Visit us at cntraveler.com where you can find many helpful, handy etiquette tips. Our complete guide to etiquette has a whole strip of things that are all about eating etiquette, which we've covered some of here, and we can help you not make those kinds of mistakes. We can't help you with the throwing up part. Just don't do that. Just don't do (laughs) that one. Don't do that ever. Um, And I'm sure Bon Appetit has so many tips and and we haven't even talked about tipping. Like we got that too. We got that covered. Um, That's too complicated. You gotta go around the world. It's another podcast. Yeah, it's a whole other podcast. You should be subscribing to the Women Who Travel podcast from Meredith and Lale if you're not. Shame on you. Um, we're going to throw up. You're making us throw up right now. <laughs> I'm never living this yeah, down. Right. We're coming back to that frequently, I can I can tell. Um, we are at Condé Nast Traveler on Facebook and YouTube and CN Traveler on Instagram, Twitter. Please do tweet at us. Uh, let us know what your most embarrassing experience was or better still, what you hate when other people do in restaurants because everybody loves to hate. Yeah. Um, send us feedback. Review us on iTunes. Uh, you can let us know there as well. Alex, how can people get in touch with you? You can follow me on Instagram at Alex underscore Delaney, D-E-L-A-N-Y. You can follow me on Twitter at the same handle. Um, Or if you see a tall, sweaty, redheaded guy walking around lower Manhattan, you can just say hi. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You can reach me on Instagram at brhallinan. Karina. And on Twitter and Instagram, I'm Karina Quinn, one word. Just one word? Mm-hmm. Two N's? No. Oh, sorry. C-O-R-I-N-A-Q-U-I-N-N. Okay. There's one N first. <laughs> I wasn't going to make you smell the whole thing. No. It's a okay. stickler. Okay. And I'm at Bradrick. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.